Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. What up, what up, what up, baby? How you doing, podcast party people? How are you doing, podcast party people? I'll tell you what, I I got something kind of cool for you here. I got something kind of cool for you here. I got Marcus O'Hunteris of Chimera up on here right now getting ready to join as the news just broke that he is filling in for uh-oh, where is he i don't see him he was just joining oh there we go there we go that uh randy Blythe from lamb of god tested positive for covid and uh <laughs> what's up hey can you turn hey, your phone hey. like that yeah yeah sure look at Landscape you mode. look at this young man What's happening, brother? How you doing, man? Ah, uh, shit and bricks, but uh, other than that, pretty good, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is the cra- bit- I, I just got Sean Glass. I got to give Sean Glass a shout out. Sean Glass just texted me the PRP Twitter thing, and I was just like, "Oh shit, Mark Hunter's going and singing for Lamb of God. That's sick." I know, man. I, it, it's very surreal. I'm very excited about it. Um, I got a call yesterday at 3 p.m. And Mark Morton told me that Randy was under the weather and had the vid. And I was like, oh, that sucks. And he's like, can you come and sing this show? And I'm like, (laughs) deer in headlights, right? (laughs) Like, but no hesitation. Um, I, you know, I just wanted to come and do it. And I think it's a really cool opportunity to, to hang with some friends and, and just support the, the band that I love, man. And just, it's cool. You know what's cool is that uh, I see you got you and Mark on Twitter are like, you know, you guys have lots of exchanges on Twitter. Like you talk quite a bit on Twitter. Yeah. And I follow both of you. So I guess I see both of your comments and stuff. But, you know, like I'm thinking like that tour that you guys did, you know, it was fucking years. Ago. Like that was like almost 20 years ago, right? It, it, correct. It was 2002. Yeah. Well, 2003. Was, 2003. 2003. Yeah. I'm sorry. Almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll be 20, 20 years next year. Yeah. And, that, and this know. is funny as uh, it's the second time I've filled in for Randy. Um, oh, you filled in for him before. Sort of. Let's okay. let's. We were playing Lamores, and uh, and Randy fell off the stage first song, and I think he br- maybe dislocated his shoulder or something. <laughs> but you know, we had just gotten off the stage, and not even 20, 30 minutes later, Randy's in the back of our bus, like you know, like dying almost. <laughs> like, what the hell? And he's just like, I fell off the stage. And uh, so I just, you know, I ran up and, and basically tried to sing the songs, but I, I had never heard any Lamb of God songs except for Black Label. Okay. So I was just literally up there like barking and like some sort of hoping to be on time, not saying anything, total John Tardy, slowly we rot style. And uh, um I know I just remember headbanging to Mark and being like, um, dude, uh, do you guys know any Pantera? <laughs> like, just like, I can't, I don't know any of your tunes. 
but uh, this one kid in the front row was singing everything. And I'm like, bro, here you go. And I just handed that kid the mic and he wound up finishing the set. And oh, like, wow. he, he, he knew what was going on and I didn't. <laughs> so, but this time I, I, I have a little bit better of an understanding. You had 24 hours to believe. prepare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had 24, 24 hours. hours. <laughs> I don't know if you can see them, but I'm making cheat sheets yes. and I've got the lyrics and I'm going to have them on the monitors. No, there's and, no uh, teleprompter you can borrow from Mustaine or anything. <laughs> you know, I, I, Hey Dave, I've never met you. Um, but I was thinking, wonder if I could use your teleprompter, bro. I really, uh, I really need to use your <laughs> teleprompter tonight, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Set me up. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's, good for it's you. very, very cool. And, um, it's exciting. We got to do the sound check already and, and that went well. And, um, uh, yeah, so now it's just a few more hours of, uh, straight focus and, and, um, I'm getting hit up now like crazy. Everybody, you know, my phone is, is out. Yeah. The news is out and I'm blowing up, uh, my phone's blown up rather. So, um, now it's, now I have to focus right now. It's like, everyone wants to pull me away for, for, for something. And now I'm going to just be like, all right, this is it. We got a got game time now. When was the last time you've been on stage? Five years ago, five years ago. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. This is a hell of a reintroduction to the stage. Too. I know, man, it's an arena. Like it's, it's, you know, going to be packed show and, and it's, it's exciting. Um, You're in but, Grand Rapids. Yep, Grand Rapids, Michigan, yeah. which is a great gonna be always sick. been supportive of us. You know, it's they gonna were supportive. Be fucking sick. It's gonna be Hell awesome. Yeah. You're gonna kill it, dude. Man, we got Anders and Hefe too helping me. So um they're gonna oh, do okay. some songs as well. You know, okay, so I've cool. got I've got the, the 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 brunt of it, and then um they're gonna come up and, and do do a couple uh as well. So the fans can get a full set, you know, and and not um, which I think is cool. You know, it sucks that Randy isn't here for the fan, but sometimes you get totally. the, the, the special, you know, once in a lifetime things. And that's what, that's where we're at today. Yeah. That's amazing. And I mean, I imagine you're probably going to be there for maybe a couple more at least, you know, I think this is it, my friend. Um, oh yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I think, I think this is it, but, uh, hope, okay. hopefully, uh, hopefully it won't, it won't take me another five years before you see me on stage again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm, you know what? I'm super happy for you. And uh, definitely sending Randy Blythe some good vibes to get over the COVID-19. I thought we were done. I thought we were over it. Hey, man, it's a sequel. This time it's personal. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, tear it up, man. You got this. Absolutely. I do. You got this. You fucking got this. I'm channeling the general. I'm channeling you. I know you you got this, dude. You're going to crush it. All right, brother. I appreciate you having me. Just remember, just pretend you're on stage in Philly at the TLA on the Burn My Eyes uh, 10th anniversary where you sang the entire cover song set. (laughs) It was just you. (laughs) That's it. Keep that that energy. You'll be killing it. Awesome, brother. Well, it was good to see you again. Yeah. Uh, I'll chat with you later, man. Thanks so much. Later. Hell yeah. All right, Robert. All right, let's see. How do we get it? Yeah, there we go. All right. Take it easy, dude. Thanks, man. Take care. I don't know how to turn you off. You might have to disconnect. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll leave. Don't worry. All right. You say bye. No, you say bye. Yes. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, right there, that was the one and only Marcus O'Hunteress, as I call Mark Hunter, as I call him, Marcus O'Hunteress of the Mighty Chimera. Who has a? It was an NFR guest. If you ever checked that episode out, it's up right now. It's been up up on YouTube, and uh, yeah, Randy Blythe got uh, COVID, 
and had to miss tonight's show in Grand Rapids, and Mark is filling in. So by the time this comes out, I guess, this is Tuesday. This is Tuesday the, what's today, 19th? Yeah, Tuesday, April 19th. So that just happened. And uh, yeah, man, what a cool thing. I'm excited for Mark, man. I think he's going to kill it, dude. I think he's going to fucking kill it. Kill it. He was always a beast. Always a beast. You know, and very cool of Mark Morton to in- invite him up to do this. Yeah. I think they're going to get a show too, man. If you went to the, if you're going to that show tonight, leave some comments if you watch this, because I'd love to know what it was like. I'm sure it was great. But I guess Matt Heafy's going to sing a song. Anders from In Flames is going to sing a song. Be cool shit. Be cool shit, man. In the world of Meo. In the world of Meo. I tell you what, um, we got uh, we got Blothar the Berserker on NFR podcast. I've been listening to Guar all day. I've been watching the Guar documentary. Been listening to Guar, and I tell you what, man, this track right here, still a classic, still a fucking all time classic, right here. Yeah. Sick of you. Off of the off of the second album, not technically the not the debut, but it's the one that introduced them to the world, Scum Dogs of the Universe. I'm so sick, so sick, go yo! Sick of so good I fuck it I can't even tell you like there was a time when I just went to every goddamn guar show that came through town they were fucking great this song though this one's so good if you catch it it's got the easy E rhyme in there or maybe it's easy E or maybe it's NWA it's got the uh it's, I want to say it's like uh is it dope man no it's gangster gangster that's what it is gangster gangster got the little rhyme pattern in there is it this one I think it's the second verse it's, and I'm in it up in a minute with it Right there, that's it right there. That's the Gangsta Gangsta Jack. I remember hearing that back in the day, and I was like, yes. That's what I'm saying. Salamanizer. You gotta check out this jam right here. This is a jam right here. This is a later day Guar jam called Viking Death Machine.
He's got a good hook. He's got a cool riff, too. I like that riff. So motorhead. You know what I mean? Like, just such a motorhead vibe. And this is Blothar singing. Is this on Metal Blade? I think they're still on Metal Blade. I can't see it right now. This is off of Battle Maximus. Ladies and gentlemen, check it out. Check it out. Wait, what's the one more song? Oh, the Scum Dogs. I'm going to play. Yeah. You know what? This is uh, interesting. This song right here is the debut of Michael Bishop. Michael Bishop singing right here. I believe this is his debut. Maybe he sang on Hello. I don't know. This is on Scum Dog Universe. Back in the day, he was laying down some vocals. Now he is the vocalist of Gwar. Blowthrow the Berserker, formerly Beefcake the Mighty. Ladies and gentlemen, the mighty, mighty Michael Bishop. Michael Bishop. Yes, sir. Rob, Lothar the Berserker, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Doing yeah. all right, dude. I'm all like, I'm all emotional right now. I just got through watching <laughs> the very end of your fucking awesome documentary, and I was like, Jesus Christ, it's like, it's really fucking sad at the end. I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's more than, uh, more than what we thought it would be. It's definitely got a an emotional. Uh, arc to it that i wasn't expecting either um but uh yeah it's it's good it's actually hard to watch some of it <laughs> oh i bet i can oh, i can't even imagine you know because like you know i didn't realize how much first of all let me just say it's fucking fantastic like anybody who even if you're not a guar fan i think this is just mandatory viewing for anybody who wants to see what a band is like but it's so well done and it's so fucking just punk rock and fucking awesome, man. I really, <laughs> really enjoyed it. Cool. And, I'm glad. Uh, yeah. It really came out good. We're stoked on it. Yeah. Very happy. And, um, you know, as, as somebody who, I mean, dude, when Gore first came out with scum dogs, the universe, I mean, I didn't, I never missed a show. I mean, I'd bring my white shirt to make sure that I got covered in cum and blood, <laughs> you know, <the laughs> just crowd surf. I mean, I remember one show at the Omni in San in Oakland because you guys oh, played wow. the Omni quite a bunch of times. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. I always catch you. Mm -hmm. And I remember just sitting there in the pit, and I would just 
I formed like a, a hand like this so that anybody who wanted to launch towards the stage could come from the back of the pit and I would just <laughs> launch them up. <laughs> and it was just like, I literally did that for the whole fucking Guar show. And it was you know, like one of my fondest crowd surfing and just, yeah, it was awesome. Those were fun shows at the Omni. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those were wild. So, <laughs> you know, to watch this documentary and just go down this uh, this crazy, you know, time travel back to the beginning and, you know, all those early days, dude, it was awesome. And it's, again, like super well done. You know, you come across great. You know, everybody comes across great. You know, and I, and I didn't realize, you know, um, I, I'm brain farting on the guy's uh, name who started all the costumes originally. Um Rocky or Hunter? No, Hunter. Yeah, Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Hunter. Yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't realize that there was so much animosity <laughs> like <laughs> between everything. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's there's drama in there, you know, and I guess like that's sort of a side of war that nobody really has fully understood. And even in the documentary, I don't think he explains it as well as he could, which is that a lot of the onstage stuff was based in like our in jokes or things that were happening to us internally. Right. So like Hunter coming out as techno destructo and being like, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's one song like where I came back to the band after being away for a while and we did this record and the, and the, the lyrics that Hunter sings and he's like, you fucked up, you ruined everything. <laughs> like, you know, like those are the, like, he just would include all that shit in, in the art, you know? So like, it, it was part of the story is that Hunter as techno, he really did want to, uh, you know, have a beef with Guar and, and want to destroy it in a way. Yeah. That's um, wild. So yeah. That's so wild. And to bring it into the band and I'm sure the band knows like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we thing. all knew, we all discussed it and it was kind of like, just assumed like, well, that's how, I mean, I was so young when we started, I was like, well, that's how art is made. Right. Like you just, <laughs> you just dramatize things that are going on in your life, you know? Right. Um, so it was, it was, it was fun and weird. It, 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 it does bother me a little bit that he comes off as almost like a villain in this thing. Um, and, and I don't think he is that, uh, Hunter Jackson, I mean, um, but, uh, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, it, I, I didn't it, get that. I didn't, you didn't? I, mean, I didn't get that. You know? Good. Good. Yeah. Thank I, you. Know, I'm some, glad. Yeah. I, I feel <laughs> like, um, you know, I think he was pretty, uh, I think he was pretty honest, you know, like him and Dave had big egos and they fucking couldn't be in the same, <laughs> on the same stage <laughs> together. You know, he was just like, I mean, he put it out there like multiple times and uh, yeah, he did. You no, know, I guess that's what I mean is like, you know, maybe not a villain, but uh, definitely the heavy, right? Like in some way. Um, but I'm glad that it didn't come off that way to you. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's such a wild story and I, I, I loved seeing it. I mean, I think that it's, you know, like someone who's, you know, I, we toured with Gore in 2006. Like we, you know, I've been, you know, I was, I was actually just thinking, I've got a picture with Dave Brocky and me from the last night of the tour. We did sounds of the underground together mm -hmm. and, uh, I would, I don't know where it, I gotta try, I'm going to try and dig it up for this so I can find it just cause it was like, you know, 
I did. I never, that was the one and only time we ever toured together. Only time I met him, you know, we had done festivals and stuff, but just, you know, like sometimes you just don't even fucking cross paths with somebody. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, just to see it all, especially the origins part of it, that was really, really fascinating. Like that was stuff that I never knew about and how it all came together. And, and, uh, you know, I remember we played machine head played a show in 95 and I want to say, was there a venue across the street from the dairy, like a little punk rock club? Uh, not across the street. Um, or like to the side of it. Yeah. Yeah. There is like a, but I don't, I can't imagine you would play there. There there's a, a fire, an old firehouse that is a, an art venue where they, they do have rock and roll shows that maybe, maybe you did play. There. It's called gallery five. Okay. Um, but uh, when was this? What year? This is 95. So you guys might have been in someplace else by this point. I just remember that the big news was that the Gwar headquarters were across the street. <laughs> so. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That was, um, we were not in the dairy. We were across the street in this old massage parlor. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Which was uh, directly across the street from that club that you guys played. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird building too. It was just, the walls were bright blood red and the oh, ceiling nice. was black. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. I'm, I was, I was reading your, uh, your Wikipedia and it's kind of crazy that you went away from the band for 20 years. You went away. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that a really <laughs> long time to step away from the band. And now you're back. They just keep pulling me back. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I thought for sure I was done. I mean, how you, I mean, you were in the band originally for what, like seven years? Yeah, yeah. 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 And I've been in longer now than I was the first time, you know. Right. We've only done two records and we did four back then, but yeah weird and you're the uh because didn't you had you had kim dilla for vocalist for a minute right she was volvatron well yeah but she wasn't a vocalist she was she was she was a vocalist um we were trying to sort of work her in um as a uh a female destructo really and she was and she was gonna sing uh sing some songs and she did when we played live she sang a couple um and she's good she's got a great, uh, a great voice, a great stage presence. Um, you know, so we were going to hopefully like work it out. I thought it'd be really cool to have like, you know, two, a male and a female voice in a, in a heavy band. Um, you know, but, uh, it didn't work out. Do, do, uh, you come back, you're the first, are you the first choice as the singer after Dave Brocky? I think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was, uh, but prior to that, I, you hadn't, you weren't, you weren't playing with them prior to that. No. Yeah. No, I, I was you're, just, you're, uh, you've gone and, you know, I read that you got like a PhD in music and you went back to college and like yeah. your life just goes, you know, a totally different direction after leaving war for <laughs> literally decades. decades. <laughs> literally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's true. Just a short little while. Like I was in another band for a minute and then I came back like two decades passed. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dave Rocky passes away. I mean, I'm assuming you probably kept in touch with the guys all through like everything. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and I lived in Richmond for a long time, uh, you know, the town where we're all from. And, um, you know, and I did have another band that put out records on Touch and Go and did a bunch of traveling. I did that for uh, several years. And then... Is that Keypone? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. And, and then I went to... Uh, went on to uh to the university of virginia <laughs> and uh got a phd um and all through that time even though i had to live in charlottesville while i was teaching and you at uva like i i had uh uh i was well in touch with uh in particular mike dirks uh the guitar player ball sack uh and bob gorman i mean these are guys that i grew up with like i've known them since I was 15, you know, so, uh, and, and Dave too. I mean, I would, I would talk to Dave as, as well. He was, uh, I just, you know, didn't see him that much anymore. But, um, then when Dave died, I immediately, (laughs) I mean, I'd literally like, they told me and I got in a car and drove to Richmond. Um, and, uh, and stayed there for a while with those guys, uh, and it just, you know, I mean, at the time we, we had this, uh, the barbecue was coming up and they had been, you know, we used to do this festival and they had been working really hard on it and they just wanted to do that one show, you know? And so we, we, uh, pulled it together to do that last show and sort of have Dave's Viking funeral and all that. Um, and, uh. It, 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 it came off. I mean, it went well. And so we decided, well, this is something we could probably keep doing. Um, so that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I mean, that's just such a wild turn of, uh, what is your, are, we, are you married at the time when all this starts up again? <laughs> uh, not yet. I got married after war, after I rejoined war. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, no, I was, uh, yeah, so you didn't have a wife for the last 20 years and we're just like, okay, I know we've had this normal life, but now I'm going to go join choir. <laughs> no, I did not have to do that. Okay. okay. That would have been hard. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. She thinks she's marrying a university professor. And she's <laughs> right. No. See uh, you next year. <laughs> do you, uh, do you, do you, um, when you, when you pay this, when you play the bar, the barbecue and you're you guys are paying tribute. Do you try and take on the odorous character? Like, you know, the. No. Um, and, and I don't do it vocally either because, uh, I think that if we did that, then, uh, and it's interesting because a lot of fans, like not a lot, but a a number of fans are like, you know, (laughs) you should just, you should sound exactly like him. You know, and it's like, but if you do that, you just look lame. It's like, you know, because you're never going to, I'm never going to be Dave Brocky, you know, right. and, and Blothar's never going to be odorous. Right. So I have to just do my own thing um, on stage and in person, uh, you know, live and, and on recordings. Um, I have to develop something else because yeah. it, otherwise it's just going to look like a pale imitation of something that, you know, you can never realize. Yeah. But there's always kind of a humor element to it. I mean, I'm sure you bring that to it, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and and my my other character, Beefcake. I mean, that that's back in the day. I mean, that basically Blothar is a lot. In a lot of ways, he's just Beefcake. Okay, gotcha. I mean, right. Just like sort of, uh, 
you know, an exaggerated, uh, you know, version of myself that winds up being, uh, you know, has a little bit of a different backstory, but, uh, you know, definitely is slotted in there and it blows He's more of a, he's kind of a straight man. A lot of times, uh, okay. you know, for the other folks that are going off and that's what beefcake had been. So, okay. Right on is, uh, does sleazy P martini still with you guys? He is, um, he does, he only does stuff, uh, once in a while. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Guar like is sort of generationally, uh, Guar is sort of generationally, um, split up and i don't know if that comes across in the uh in the documentary as well but there's this you know most of the musicians were younger than most of the artists that started the band um by about you know anywhere from four all the way to like you know 10 years Mm -hmm. so there's this sort of older set don is a uh was was pretty much an original guy that had been in there in the in the mid 80s um, and he's the guy who does sleazy. Um, yeah. so, you know, I mean, these are guys that are in their early sixties in some cases. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, Hunter came, actually came out with us. I'll tell you what, that he may be in his early sixties, but he is in better shape than anybody on that oh, tour. You that's know? awesome. Oh yeah. Cause he's been wrestling professionally. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. He does pro wrestling. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Yeah. He's very fit. He really charged up the show a lot. Yeah. So he's back with you guys then, huh? He has been uh, doing stuff. He did the, the scum dogs tour because that was an anniversary. He came out uh, and, and played his character and did uh, most of that tour. He actually got sick on the tour. Um, but uh, for most of it, he was there. And, and it was just a blast to have him back. Um, and he may do some touring in the future. I mean, he's such a great, I think he's a great singer and, a and just on, he's such a great on stage. He's so great. So it was really nice. It was like having an older brother back, you know, that, uh, and just, it, 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 he, he really reminded us of all the ways that we'd gotten lazy. <laughs> over the years it's like oh yeah you're supposed to really try at this right (laughs) but it was it was fun yeah that's killer man that's killer yeah that was such i gotta say it was just such a cool trip to uh you know i mean i guess i knew like i guess i knew a lot about guar back in the 90s but you know to see it all like in a story form you know, mm-hmm. the origins, you know, you don't really know about any of the characters behind the scenes, like all the people running the blood and, you know, all that, everything that goes into that, mm-hmm. you, know, you just kind of know about the band you know, for yeah. the most part. Now, and really you just get like, especially like, like this was kind of before the internet, like it was really just, you know, a handful of outrageous, odorous interviews. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's, uh, that's, I think why people are surprised a lot of times that the, that the band was able to continue, uh, without Dave. And I think it's partly because, you know, I mean, to us, you know, like Dave wasn't even the first singer of Guar, like he he was the, the third singer of Guar. So, uh, you know, it had always been this kind of ensemble, uh, effort, um, and I think, you know, people, you're right, though. People didn't really see that. Um, 
And to me, the more interesting story about Guar has always been what goes on, you know, offstage and, and the story of this group of artists and musicians that manages to work together to make this thing. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned 20 years away. I mean, when I first left, I remember thinking, well, I'll just find something else like this, you know, and there isn't anything. Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> I looked. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no way. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't find a group of artists and sculptors and painters that, and stage performers that wanted to do something, you know? Yeah. So it was interesting. When you, uh, when you come back after 20 years, I mean, I guess you said you've been touring, but you know, you're probably not performing. I can't imagine your band is performing like as hard as a Guar show. No, I mean, nothing is as hard as a Guar show. It's, it's as, as a Guar tour, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, once you do another band and you realize, Oh wow, this is what these guys do. Like they just, hang out and then walk up there on stage and then walk off stage. <laughs> <laughs> <A couple beers. laughs> Pretty damn easy compared to Guar. I mean, it's hard in and of itself. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sort of getting dressed in the back of freezing semi trucks and, uh, right. you know, all this stuff that, uh, you know, being wet all the time. <laughs> Right. Just stuff other bands don't deal with. You know, you're covered in blood or cum or, you know, yeah. collateral blood or collateral cum. <laughs> collateral cum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Friendly fire. Yeah. I, uh, no, I'm, I'm super curious to see like the new gore. I, I don't know. For, for some reason, I just haven't been able to, like, I'm on tour or, you know, whatever pandemic or fucking whatever has been going right, on. Right. Have you guys managed to, are you guys touring? Have you guys toured through the pandemic? Uh, I mean, right after, uh, the main part of the pandemic, we started, uh, we did one little run of shows, uh, it was only like a week and then we did a longer, like a real tour, um, last year. And yeah. And that was a few months ago, uh, in the, in the winter time. And I mean, it was strange. It was weird. Uh, but, you know, because, I mean, everybody got sick, everybody, okay. like the whole everybody got COVID or everybody just got sick. <laughs> everybody got COVID. I mean, okay. like I, I, the only two people who didn't on the entire crew were me and our guitar player, uh, Mike. Um, well, oh, no. And, and, and Matt McGuire, who's one of the artists, you know, um, everybody else got sick. Oh, no, no, Matt did get it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Crazy, man. Yeah. Did you, so what do you, do you just cancel? <laughs> like, can Gore still do shows as long as you got like a handful of people to. Yeah. I mean, there was, yes, we can. There was one show that we did, which was in Toronto and Bob Gorman, um, who plays the character of Bone Snapper. And he's one of the little, He's one, he's, he's a guy who's been in war, uh, since almost the beginning. Um, but you know, he, he's kind of a, a short in stature guy. Um, <laughs> so he usually plays the decaps and stuff, you know, like okay. where he has to wear something on his right, head, right, right. but he played every character. Um, <laughs> and we, and we basically, I mean, we only cut like one thing out and he came out as, a redneck from hell, you know, 
a biker woman that comes out and gets her tits chopped off. Uh, he played the heavy, you know, and he played his regular character. I think he was like six characters that night. Uh, um, and uh, that was because everybody else had COVID that was yeah. running, you know, supposed to be running the show. It was pretty crazy. I loved that. Uh, that was one thing that was always, that I think everybody touched on at some point in the documentary, but you know, that, that any given year, your most hated person in the world would get killed <laughs> at a court. Yeah. You know, like the political satire was never not there. You know, like I watch George H.W. Bush get fucking killed and I watch Saddam get killed and, you yeah. know, like all these people that you just fucking hated. And it was just, it, you know, it was like such a group catharsis because everybody was just like, fuck that dude. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> fuck him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was it was easy uh, uh, to I mean. And, you know, at first war didn't do that. At first war killed these sort of archetypes. Um, and then over time, what do you mean I think by that, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, well, like, um, like the redneck, like the scum dogs era, we were killing, you know, a, a, a televangelist who right. sort of, rep, who was a, a character that represented all televangelists yes. you know, or a priest that represented priests. You know, we didn't kill Saddam Hussein, a specific person. Yeah, it was yeah. more like, a, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, but over time, like we, no, we you, started doing that and it, it's worked pretty good. <laughs> the fucking, that scene in the documentary where you guys killed, killed the, I mean, I totally forgot about it. I remember seeing it though. Like you guys, he's upside down and just jamming the cross in his ass. <laughs> like I was, I fucking, I was watching that and I was in fucking tears, dude. I was laughing so fucking hard. I was like, that was genius. You know, like here's all these priests fucking molesting these kids and then fucking, yeah. okay, now we're going to fuck the priest. I was like, right. Jesus, it's so good. It's yeah, so and good. He would, he would get this bouquet of like swords and crosses and yes <laughs> occasionally rocky would even stick flowers in there so it's just like you know big old <laughs> butt bouquet yes no i see i see what you mean by the archetypes yeah but then they but then it became a please tell me if you're going out sometime soon that vladimir putin is getting killed at the guar show <laughs> you know it i mean yeah yeah he is <laughs> <laughs> without giving too much away like right on. Uh, awesome. you know just, all the just, most hated people um we even have a song on the uh, on the on the the new record called motherfucking liar and you know basically we just sort of kill a shit ton of liars awesome. <laughs> who are known for lying in the media and stuff like that does uh does blothar the berserker have a huge cock <laughs> Lothar does not have a huge cock, but what he lacks in size, he makes up for in, in number, right? He has, okay. he has, he has four oh. cocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Positioned like a cow's udders um, on a big cock bag that also has like a, a sideways vagina. So he's, he's really, he's got it covered. Oh, wow. He's got it good. He can take yeah. care of himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and only two of them shoot though so we gotta if uh, only you had uh you know four hands <laughs> five hands i guess yeah you go to town on yourself <laughs> it only comes out of two of them only two yeah. oh man so the other two are just kind of 
Just decorative. There for de- <laughs> decorative penises. <laughs> Does the vagina do anything? Does the, vagi- the vagina shoot? Uh, no, it doesn't shoot. It just hangs out there like a little vestigial maw, you know, it's gross looking. <laughs> you, could, you could have it like, you know, squirt. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the original plan was to be like just dribbling the whole time. Like it was just <laughs> constantly going. Um, but you know, we couldn't, everybody wants off. to get, you know, <laughs> everybody wants to see some cock shooting, some gore come on them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fucking at this point. I think it's true. It's almost like a rite of passage. It is. And, and people, you know, that's what they, that's what they expect. Um, it's interesting too, because it's like the most offensive thing, uh, when you like, like for, for tough guys, right. That don't know about Guar. So you get like the security, as you know, like security is, is hit or miss anywhere. Right. Like you don't know who these guys are going to be. Sometimes they're cool. Sometimes they're not right. Sometimes they know what you're going to do. Sometimes they don't. And we definitely run into guys that are like, that's the line for them. Like, you know, they, <laughs> the minute that the dick starts spraying, they're like, no, I don't, I don't do that. I didn't sign up for this shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's classic. Yeah, that's classic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess, I mean, you guys don't have like a security meeting with like the security to let them know, hey, just so you know. We do, but it doesn't always matter. You know, like, um, I mean, because you get, uh, and and I mean, I, I, I would listen because I work while we're on the road, I do my other job in the, in the tour manager's office. So I could hear him when he would have these meetings, he'd be like, listen, uh, you know, it just explained it all to him. Um, and then you'd get out there and it was like, he, it was like the meeting never happened. I mean, so you get the guys the different kinds of security. Like there are guys who look like secret service men that have like right. an earpiece and they wear suits and they have nice clothes. Those guys hate war. I mean, they oh, don't want to, yeah, be, they yeah. hate war. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then you have like, you know, the, the standard, uh, uh, windbreaker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those, those dudes are cool usually, yeah. um, uh, just sort of like big muscle dudes. And, uh, but every once in a while, I mean, we get something where like, it's obvious that, you know, the, the club, the promoter or the owner, I mean, let's be honest, sometimes they're mobbed up and you get like a bunch of goombas out front of the stage that get pissed off. You know, I mean, we've had a lot of fights with security, so it gets intense. That's wild. I mean, I could only imagine like back in the day, people like, you know, Guar kind of is a known entity at this point. So like, kind of know what you're getting into for the most part if you sign if your club brings in or your venue brings in yeah war. but back in the beginning i can only imagine people just must have been what the fuck and you made a mess and fuck <laughs> you and who's cleaning this up and- oh yeah all of that i mean on the first that but that was the funnest time to be in war i mean with without question like you know riding around in the school bus and going to oh, you know school bus. the school bus time <laughs> in the in the fucking documentary is the best, dude. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> two couches yeah. facing each other, and then just wooden platforms that you guys made that are bunks. <laughs> that was terrible. 
Uh, yeah, and, and the cone that you could urinate, you know, like the little little that yes. funnel. <laughs> you who tells that story, right? Or somebody yeah. else? Is it you? Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, uh, I mean, we we had oh. we eventually installed a bathroom, which was just a. Yeah, the first time the first tour doesn't have a bathroom. It's just so what do you do? Are you just peeing in Gatorade bottles or something? Yeah, or like I mean, that's what we, we used to, to do. open the bus door and okay. lean out and just like let it spray well, all driving. the way down the side of the bus. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> right? Is somebody do you, do you ask somebody like, "Hey, hold me just in case." <laughs> hold the back I mean, of my shirt. Yeah, it was it was terrifying. And then we eventually installed like a little sort of plywood box that you could go in that had a, a, a funnel <laughs> attached to a hose that went out and we had the foresight to have the hose run all the way, you know, so it was going out the back and not spraying all over the side of the bus. Right. <laughs> Very stupid. <laughs> I, I can't remember who's telling the story, but they're just like, yeah, you just pee and then just watch all the pee go into the car directly <laughs> behind you. <laughs> It's true. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun, man. Like it was, it was terrible and it was hard as shit, but like, man, it was fun for exactly the reason that you say, like people have no idea what to expect and you play someplace like, you know, taco land in San Antonio, Texas. And it's like, uh, you know, that, that was sort of a famous club that had, uh, 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 in a certain time frame, you know, they had bands play and it was really just a very, you know, it was a, a Mexican restaurant during the day okay. and a bar that was heavily populated by migrant farm workers, you okay. know? And so these guys watch us bring all the stuff in and then they just stay there uh, and, and right, watch the like, show. What is and, this? Yeah. And it's like somebody checked this box that said, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, you know, like all the rules were off and it started looking like that show. I remember it really looked like a, like a saloon fight in a Western. Right? It's like everybody's pouring alcohol and busting bottles over people's heads. Wow. It was insane. I mean, that sounds amazing, right? Like, <laughs> it was. Man. I mean, it just must've been fucking crazy. Oh, it was bananas. Yeah. It was everything about it was bananas. That whole story. I mean, the, you know, our, we literally had this gigantic guy who reminded me of Mongo from Blazing Saddles. Right, like, Mongo. He, during yeah, during the sound check, he comes up and he just sits down behind the kit and starts playing. You know, and nobody will ask him to leave. You know, even though our drummer, you know, how drummers are about their drums. Right, right. And, yeah, he he was like sort of timidly like, uh, "Can you?" You know, the guy was terrified. <laughs> And he wanted to play of all songs, and this is true, Inagata Devita. Inagata Devita. Yeah, that's what he was saying. Like, you know, Inagata Devita. And just starting to play. It was so crazy. So, I mean, we sat there and tried to play it out with him, you know, like jammed for a little while. <laughs> so bananas. I mean, I, I can only imagine that at this point in, in Guar's career, that you can't really open for a band. Like, you have to headline, right? Or are you opening for like, we're trying and, you know, because like for a long time, people thought Guar couldn't do festivals either. Right. Like um, for that same reason, but, um, and festivals are sort of a more intense version of opening for people. Right. Cause you got all your stuff and you have to move it and be this really self-contained thing. Yeah. Um, and really fast. 
Yeah, really fast. And uh, we've been pulling it off, you know, so we can open for people. No, nobody wants us to, right? Yeah. No, I just um, meant back then, like back in this, at this like early days, like you can't really. Oh, you know what? Even back then, man, like we opened for the Butthole Surfers a oh, few okay. times and we opened for Danzig. We opened for oh, Danzig at his, wow. at his, yeah, at his first show ever. Wow. In Trenton. His first solo show, huh? Yeah. Yeah. As Danzig. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, I mean, he pulled it off fine. You know, it was like, that was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, he was on fire back then. Such a good Oh, band. my God. It was so great. Um, Gary Vaughn and yep, yep. Fucking, Chuck uh, Biscuits. Yeah, Chuck Biscuits. What a oh, fucking man. drummer, man. Jesus. Oh, God. It was He's so, a, such a great show. Um, fucking beast. What was the yeah. guitar player? Johnny. Uh, oh, guitar man. player was Johnny something. Yeah, yeah. Our guitar player likes him a lot, and I can't remember his name. Um. But yeah, that that was good stuff. Yeah, wow, that's cool. That's a pretty that's pretty rad. I mean, yeah. were you just were you guys you guys just had enough of a buzz back then to, that like Danzig caught wind of it and was like, all right, let's get these guys up to Jersey. I think that uh, you know there was this real sort of sketchy promoter that had been like he was kind of close with the band because he had he tour managed us for a little while. And his name was Randy, and he ran City Gardens okay. in Trenton, New Jersey, and so. Uh, he's the one who put that show together. And then we also played with Danzig on that same trip at the Ritz in New York city. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a big deal. Um, and, you know, I don't know if, if Glenn knew about the band and, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> we didn't talk to him much, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't nobody talk talked to him in that era. <laughs> Yeah. I did talk to him for a few minutes after the show at the Ritz. He was interested in the costumes and he came up to me and wanted to uh, look at some of the props and stuff like that. Right on. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was exciting. Um, but yeah, not too, you know, I, we would love to open for people, but uh, just doesn't happen much. <laughs> yeah. The, um, What's, what's the other job you do while you're on tour? Uh, well, I am a, a UX writer, um, for a, like, which means just sort of like a user experience writer, uh, for a company that does promotion and tenure, uh, for university professors. So okay. uh, basically I write sort of like process documents. It's a boring, <laughs> boring description, but it's a, it's a decent job. I like, I like doing it and I can do it from the road. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so you still so you're still working for the university in some way. In a way, yeah, yeah, still in in higher ed, just not, you know, I can't I can't teach because uh well, I mean for a lot of things I don't have time to do any research anymore. I mean right. so I'm not doing writing, so I'm not, you know, really even competitive for university jobs at this point. Right. Yeah, I mean I I can only imagine this takes up a decent amount of your time. Yeah. <laughs> a big decent amount <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. Well, it's I, mean, fun. It's, I mean i'm sure when you get ready for a tour like there's got to be like a ton of prep i mean you guys must have like a month of like pre-production for a tour or something right or are you just constantly preparing so that by the time you get out there it's like for on on the art side they are uh yeah i mean like like right now and really i mean all of us like we're writing the next show so we have sort of script meetings 
And the guys are already, you know, after you have the script meetings, they start building stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, what we're doing now is working on the tour that's going to be in the fall. Okay. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it is sort of a long period of preparation. I mean, it takes them a long time to make like a big giant monster suit really right. takes months and months to make. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty fun and it definitely has aspects to it that other bands don't have, you know? I right. Mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's like an acting aspect to it. Yeah. There's like a, you know, and there's a performance, you know, yeah. a performance that no other band can really do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And stage, you know, writing, I mean, that's, that's fine. Uh, it's a different thing. Like, you know, it, it, you, it's kind of like writing for stage, but there winds up being a lot of improv. So we, it's more like just coming up with these outlines and then right. doing crazy so you stuff. improv on stage. Oh like yeah. The yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when, when someone's talking, like, I know when you're talking, you're talking on the microphone, but when mm-hmm. a masked character is talking, do they have some type of like microphone in there or is it? No, playback or um, is it- we tried that and we couldn't get them not to feed back. So usually what they do, it's one of two ways, either, you know, the way that we don't like, but sometimes wind up having to do, depending on the mask, we'll have a, it'll be a track. It'll be a recorded sample. Um, But we really don't like to do that because we like the improvisation, you know? So, uh, you know, because that way, you know, if you're, if you're in Denver and you're playing on uh, Pearl Harbor day at the Oriental theater, (laughs) Right, like, right. <laughs> one of our guys can make a really tasteless joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they, they, <laughs> so they I just put they, that whole chain together. Oh my yeah. God. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. They, they just stuck. Pearl Harbor Day at the Oriental Theater. <laughs> oh, shit. Right. right. Yeah. So he comes out and, like, I hope this joke doesn't bomb. Um, <laughs> But, you know, he, he stuffs the whole microphone right in his mouth. And that's that we just sort of leave a hole big enough for them to do that. OK, OK. Oh, my God. That's fucking great. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's probably like such a huge part of it, too. Right. You know, because like being in a shit, like saying the same thing over and over again on a tour, like gets old as fuck. You know, like, oh, yeah. you got to You got to change it up. Yeah, you have to. And and I mean, you know, like, it's weird because, I mean, other bands that I've been in that didn't, uh, you know, dress up and do all this stuff still, like, when you think back to a show, it's always the stuff that's not planned and that's really cool. Like, you know, some interaction with the crowd or something that happens, you know, that's the stuff you you remember and almost the stuff you do it for, right? Like, you cherish those sort of unscripted moments that happen um, in any band. And, uh, uh, you know, for Guar, I think it's just a little bit more exaggerated. You know, there's more of those moments and opportunities uh, to do and say funny stuff. Yeah. Do you guys still have the uh, the super fans? Like there's that one section in the, where they're talking about how Dave has super fan who <laughs> brought him like liquid acid or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That guy. Um, crazy, crazy fella. Yeah. There's a. Uh, we do have fans that bring drugs and back in the old days, we really, you know, the, the acid thing was a big, uh, a big one. Um, and, and it was okay. so terrible because we would, as soon as we would get to California, like all the shows, I mean, we would do shows where I don't even remember playing. I mean, like we would just stand there and hold the guitars, you know, it's no wonder we got this sort of 
weird reputation for the music because I think in some cases early on, like we would be really <laughs> tripping out, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. at shows. Um, but uh, you know, luckily we didn't do that too much. Like, you know, maybe we wouldn't do it in L.A. at the Palladium, but right, like might have done it at the Omni. <laughs> right, you could, yeah, you could have been tripping balls at the Omni. We'd be like, it's just Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> we did this one in uh seattle of, who cares <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> portland for sure right. but um speaking to uh you know the, the the security guards not liking to get spewed on there was one show we did in tijuana uh at iguanas when we were all oh, on acid that play was that place was insane oh my god and, insane. and <laughs> <laughs> all the broken yeah. glass at the top so that you couldn't climb over the all the nails <laughs> and the broken glass on the top of the bar so that no one could climb in from the street. Oh, it was insane. Yeah. And yeah, they had a security guard that was huge, man. And he was standing right on the stage and like, I could see him and he, we kept getting stuff on him, like, you know, blood and uh, calm and what, whatever. And then we had, there was this one where uh, Dave used to put a, or, or techno would put a clamp on Brocky's head. Um, and it, we would put one of those old fashioned punching balloons, like the do, 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 do. And it would swell up with liquid and it would get so big. There was just like this gigantic thing coming off his head and then it would explode and water would go everywhere. Yeah. And there were noodles packed around it. So like noodles would spray everywhere. <laughs> and, that happened during the show and you could see this guy was pissed man and because we were all tripping like i went to the guitar player and i was like this guy's gonna kill us like he's he really is gonna kill us so we started to be afraid so the whole band was standing like on stage right (laughs) away from the guy (laughs) (laughs) oh so ridiculous don't get any more blood on the crazy We're frying way too hard to deal with this. <laughs> yeah. I can, I mean, I can only imagine the fucking sex and the drugs. I mean, you were like, you were pretty young, right? Like, weren't you like 19 or something? Yeah, like yeah, you're out on yeah. fucking tour, like just right. fucking with the crate, one of the craziest bands in the fucking world. It was nuts. I mean, and, and it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and, and it's weird. You, you know, the difference, I mean, the difference in band touring and bus touring, I mean, you know, uh, you feel the road when you're in a, in a van or in a bus, oh, yeah. you know, like, yeah, or, or in a, a school bus. So you don't, uh, you know, you're out there. Um, it's just more visceral. Um, and man, it was, it was, it was a blast, even though it was more. Do you guys have school bus orgies with Guar groupies? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Guar groupies is a weird set. Right. right? The, the women that watch that show and then say, boy, I want to bang one of those dudes. Right. <laughs> like they're not, <laughs> it's not the same right. as the good looking metal chicks at a machine head show. Right. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so maybe not as much sex as people imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And probably a lot of dudes. I mean, like a machine head show, a lot of dudes. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of dudes, a lot of really angry dudes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. And in our case, it's really weird, angry dudes. Right. Right. <laughs> so it, it's fun, but yeah, I mean, we would have, we had plenty of debauched stories, you know, uh, 
that were just, uh, you know, things that, that will stay with me the rest of my life. <laughs> did, you, did you ever sleep with Slymenstra Hyman? <laughs> no, I no. did not. <laughs> uh, I had the biggest crush on her, dude. Me and my roommate, Phil Rydell, had the biggest fucking crush on Slymenstra Hyman. We like, <laughs> she is so fucking hot. Look at her. She was shaking her ass and that she was just so fucked up. We were like, this chick's awesome. Yeah. And people didn't see that back in the day. Like, uh, um, you know, there wasn't as much sort of female energy out in the world. I think, um, Danielle was pretty awesome. She was, she was fucking, I, I mean, we just were over the moon about her. I mean, my friend, my roommate, he was my roommate. So he had like pictures of her like on his wall and shit. Like he just, it was like a playboy pinup for him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Cause she was half naked anyway. So kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She would always hang it out. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, as a young guy, it was <laughs> interesting to have, have her, in our lives. <laughs> right. She's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Danielle's pretty nutty, man. Um, uh, she's, she's really sweet um, and had, you know, just as much energy in a lot of ways. She was like a female Brocky. I mean, okay. You know, she, yeah. She had just as much sort of creative energy and just as much uh, drive um, and weird ideas that she would actually follow through on. Um, you know, and it wasn't, it's like people ask, you know, there hasn't been a war woman. And in a lot of ways, since her, um, you know, I mean, we had Kim, but Kim definitely was not in that role. Um, and I think part of it is because like, you know, there's this sort of aspect of, of being a woman on stage that Danielle really embraced, you know, the sexuality side of it. Um, and, and she moved, you know, she danced a lot and she brought a lot of drama to the show. Um, and she did in personal, in, in our personal lives too. I mean, there was a lot of drama, <laughs> but she was, yeah. I mean, we, we had some crazy times it just uh, Fender's ballroom. We played a show where we got all again, everybody was on acid. And after we played it, uh, at some point we were all, they put us in this hotel room that was actually in a, like a senior citizen's home. Right. So like, obviously we oh can't God. make a lot of noise. <laughs> so we, so nobody, we were all tripping. So we just go outside and Danielle just run, she takes off all of her clothes and just runs away. And so she's out there tripping naked in Long Beach, California. <laughs> right. Running around, you know. Right. Not the not <laughs> right. the safest place to go running around naked. No. And this very sweet lady found her, put her in uh, you know, it was a woman that was on her way to work. It was in the morning, you know. Okay. Uh, oh, it's like morning, morning, like yeah, know, been up all night and oh. yep, yep. And and she puts her coat around Danielle, and then we show up with the blood all over us and the makeup. Oh. You're like, <laughs> give her back to us, you know. She, She's ours. <laughs> They're like, no, no, she's not. <laughs> so that was hard to work out. The, um, yeah, you guys couldn't. I mean, like on a show where you don't have a shower after, like in the early days, like do you just leave the blood and makeup on you for the whole show, or do you like just go in the bathroom and just kind of rinse it off? Like, you know, yeah, I mean, that's all you could really do. Um, yeah. 
is just rinse. And we still play places that don't have showers. I mean, <laughs> right. It's, uh, and, like, yeah, for the what, that really sucks. You got to, you know, um, that's why we actually get showers on. We, usually our buses have a shower now. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. But, that's wild. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would imagine the blood didn't come out like before, like you guys probably like, it sounds like you guys have kind of like a professional blood now, like at least it, like if you base it by the beginning of the yeah. documentary, like, Oh yeah. In the beginning, hypoallergenic and in the beginning, it was probably just a fuck like the shit probably didn't come off your skin for weeks in the beginning. No, it was just caro syrup and food coloring. And then, uh, you know, eventually we got, we got rid of the caro part and just sort of had the, carrageenan which was a seafood a sea seaweed kind of emulsifier oh right right okay yeah. we use that um and uh then you know but the, the for the stuff that shoots out in the crowd it's just this hypoallergenic dye that's in water you know yeah. but it still will cover you know especially depending on how how much they put of dye they put in it uh, or how low the tank is uh it gets pretty intense and it won't come out for a while. I mean, my toenails, we haven't been on tour for months and they're still red. (laughs) (laughs) Do you play barefoot on stage? No, I just like it it, because I'm, yeah, it seeps in. Like, you know, I get blasted in the face with, uh, with everything. And, um, you know, that, that looks really good. Like, if a, if a spew effect is going off to get in the way of it and have it spray around. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I do that a lot and that just sort of goes all the way down into my shoes. <laughs> I got to say, listen, even this, listen to your story right now. That's hilarious to me. I've taken a lot of acid. Like I've taken a lot of mescaline. I've taken a lot of mushrooms. I've never once gotten naked and just run down the street. And in the Gore documentary, every like five minutes, someone's getting naked on acid and running down. The- I was like, what is going on? Like I, I should have been hanging out with you. I mean, that would have made my trips way more fun. I don't know. Like, Oh man. Well, we definitely had some. Have you ever gotten naked on acid and run down the street? I did not. Um, <laughs> I did. Rocky uh, did it a lot. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, we would have shows though. Like, I mean, when I say that we, and I actually, I have gotten naked, but it was on stage. We were on stage. Okay. That happened a couple of times. Um, and we were just covered in blood. We were just poured blood all over ourselves and went out there naked. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, but yeah, I mean, we really weren't playing as such that I remember, I mean, we're just making noise, you know, just. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that, 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 that had to have been disappointing in some ways. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure as long as the show was, you know, (laughs) as long as people were getting killed, you know, I mean, you guys were, I got to say that, that that is a point that like people make in the, in the documentary. And I always agreed with this. I was just like, you know, it's so like, you're playing in costumes where you probably can't even see sometimes what you are playing. Like your cost, your head, your mask is so fucking big, you Mm -hmm. know, like your, your vision is obstructed to some degree, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. I mean, like Dirk's, I mean, you know, ball sack doesn't, he doesn't look at his fretboard at all because he, he, he can't see it. He hasn't. He's the guy, you got the giant jaws, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a fucking huge, all encompassing mask. Yeah. So he, he's playing by feel. 
Um, when I played as uh, Beefcake, um, I got used to playing by by feel, playing bass. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you you definitely can't see anything. <laughs> so, uh, and 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 your range of motion is limited too. Like, uh, you know, stuff that you do on a record, you just have to, in some cases, like move it down. Uh, an octave because you're oh, you're right. really not going to reach up past the 12th fret in a core costume. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're wearing like a Roman legions <laughs> outfit, <laughs> outfit yeah. right? Right. <laughs> I, uh, after that 2006 uh, tour with Guar, I became friends with uh, Todd Evans, the mm. one of the later beefcakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was, he was a cool dude, man. I, in fact, well, I, still, I, every once in a while, like once a year I'll hear from him, he'll just text me. I'll be like, Hey dude, what's going on? Yeah. Super nice guy. It was great. He is. Kind of broken down with him. Yeah. He is. I think he's still, his band plays around too. He's still, still making music. Yeah. I think um, he was doing like mobile death camp or something. Yeah. Mobile death camp. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he was a good beefcake cause he was so big. You know, yeah. He was like, a big dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super nice guy though. Like the nicest guy. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't yeah. He he looks really terrifying and then he's like this big sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was uh that was a trippy era for Guar too. I like that was kind of like uh you know, like I don't know if I don't know if I want to say that like Guar went through a you know, like every band has peaks and valleys, right? Like but like that kind of felt like a valley for Guar. Like it was kind of like yeah. starting over and you know, I'm not, it's not starting over, but like, you know, trying to reach a new audience and yeah. Maybe, I mean, you know. look, if you're in this business long enough, that's, that's what happens, man. I mean, I think for everybody, uh, um, sometimes, you know, I'm sure like even, you know, you're, you're just like, it's, just, it's wild really how much it changes over time, you know, and, and where you think you'll be and then where you are and, uh, you know, I think that the big thing is uh, a friend of mine was having, he went to a barbecue with Willie Nelson <laughs> Nice. and Willie Nelson told him, he was like, you know, what do you, what would you say if you told somebody, uh, you know, to a young person that's out there trying to play music and he's like, just don't give up, like, just keep going because everybody that I know who's given up, like they gave up, you know, but uh the, the people that I know in my life that have been successful, they just, they just don't stop, you know, and things change around you. But if you keep your purpose and keep moving forward, it's, it's wild how uh, you do go up and down like that. Yeah. Watch it all change. That's some good advice. <laughs> yeah, it is from Willie Nelson. <laughs> I know he, uh, we did a show with Willie Nelson, you know, you know, that festival Ross Gilda, it's like in Denmark. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. We did, a, we did a festival with him and we, we were the, we supported Willie Nelson. You know, it's one of those super eclectic festivals where it's like wow. York and you know, mayhem, <laughs> you know, it's like black metal bands. It's just, it's just like super random, crazy. Right. It's cool. Yeah. You know, I know. I love those. <laughs> and, uh, and so we were playing and I was like, I was stoked. I wanted to meet Willie Nelson and his dressing room was right next to ours. And yeah. we played our show and, and he came up and watched us like from the side of the show. I was like, Oh fuck him and his crew. And they were just kind of, they watched a few songs. I was like, man, y'all jam out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he invite after the show, he invited us on his tour bus and you know, he's got like his, one of his family members is his tour manager. And he's got like, uh -huh. you know, like it's very small, close knit kind of family right. vibe right. torn with them. 
and uh, he instantly just fucking starts smoking hellacious amounts of weed, like just <laughs> insane amounts. Of, I don't, I don't even smoke weed. I'm just like Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> and uh, he's just like, you know, we start talking, and we're just, you know, he's asking like, how long have you been doing it, and 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 stuff like that, and mm-hmm. and I was like. You get, I was like, I was like, you got any advice? Like you're, you know, I could only hope that I fucking long as you like, Jesus Christ. Like it's a dream to, to be doing what you're doing here. Like, you uh-huh. know, how, what's what, give me, a, give me one tip. He's like, you know what you got to do? He's like, you got to hug the fat ones and you got to kiss the ugly ones. <laughs> that's buying a record. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> Dude, it was such a great piece of advice. I'll never forget it as long as I live. You gotta <laughs> hug the fat ones and you gotta kiss the ugly ones because that's what's on the record, son. <laughs> how weird is it to be Willie Nelson though? Like everybody apparently asks him for advice, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> I mean, how do you get to your point in life and be this successful in music and still? Yeah, and like, and, yeah, like right, like that's what I and that's what I meant. Like you know that steep people still give a fuck. People, I mean, it was slammed to the rafters. We played the tent with yeah. him, and <laughs> everybody knew every fucking song. And like he came out, and everybody was just crazy about him, dude. It was just like fucking hell. This is aw- like good for you, dude. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, like. And he's so good. Like, I mean, there's so much jazz in what he does um, and country music period there is, but uh, yeah, he, he's really, really fun to watch. He's such a good player. Yeah. Oh yeah. Killers. I mean, just kill. And that voice is like unmistakable. I mean, the second oh, yeah. that he opened his mouth, I was like, Oh my God, that's fucking wild. <laughs> you know, like, you know, his that voice still sounds, fun. his voice still sounds exactly. I mean, like it hasn't, you know, some guys that age, like their voice doesn't sound yeah. the same. And that right. sounds different. Like his yeah. voice was perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. That's the cool thing about festivals these days is that we get to meet a lot of people that I think we wouldn't normally meet. Cause like, you know, I mean, that's a relatively new development, right? Like in the past couple of decades, right. we didn't used to do that. Bands used to break up, right? Right. Now, they, <laughs> now they're still playing festivals. Like, Forever. <laughs> I was just talking to my buddy about that. I was like, bands, like nobody breaks up anymore. <laughs> like, bands just go on and on and on. It's crazy. It you is. Know, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, in some ways I, I look at somebody like Led Zeppelin and I, I mean, I think it has more to do with Robert Plant than it does uh-huh. say Jimmy Page. Right. But I can only imagine what kind of pressure there is to get back together. The fucking money would just be fucking mind boggling, you know, like mind boggling. And he's like, I don't want to do it. It'll never be as good as what people imagine it to be. <laughs> you know what? Like, you know, and that's a fucking tough choice, man. Like that, because yeah. anybody, he could go, he could, they could go on an endless victory lap. Oh yeah. Endless. You know, yep. they could tour for the next fucking decade and people would pack every stadium arena, whatever, yep. you know, and even if it sounded like shit, nobody would care. I know. And it's weird because you think back when you're a kid, like, and you know, like I always think of the Rolling Stones for some reason. And it's like, you know, they get to the point where they put out, she's hot, you know, and it's like, that's a pretty good pretty good record. And then after that, like, I'm not really sure what they've done, you know, but like, right. right. Uh, 
and Guar um, is, you know, we passed that point like four albums ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, you put out your she's hot. <laughs> we put out our she's hot. You know, like in our career right now, we would be like, yeah, really, you know, the very end of the Stones putting out albums. It's pretty hilarious. Right. So I know. I feel like that too. Like, I'm just like, I should have called it a day after the blackening. I should have been like, boom. Like, <laughs> exclamation point on my fucking career and i'm that's it and here i am still you know well it's a good thing you didn't i mean it's funny because like you know so many old bands like we, we toured with uh with voivod and uh they're really fun and nice guys you know and we would get we would just get on the bus and smoke a bunch of weed and sit there and michelle the drummer uh he all he listens to is new music by old bands, you know? So oh, he like, okay. yeah. And, and we would just sit there and listen to like the new discharge album. It's oh, wow. Like, <laughs> okay. It's like, wow. It sounds like discharge, but with really good production. Values. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I know it was interesting. We would, we would, you know, and there are so many bands like that. The damned still put out good records. Killing joke for God's sake. Yeah. Killing joke. I, he's going to be on my podcast here in a minute. Cause he's got oh, a record man. coming out. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Jazz is a, uh, he's a character. He's a warlock, man. He's yeah. the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I met him one time. I don't know. I've never really hung out with them or, you know, we've never even crossed paths at a festival or nothing, but you know, he's, a, he seemed like a character. He, yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's really, very mystical. Yeah. It'll be fun having him on. Okay. There. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did an interview with him as well. Oh uh, shit. For, cool. Yeah. For a, a, I guess it was a podcast. It was our show. We, we did this sort of web show um, and I interviewed him and it was funny because like, I kept trying to talk about music and he did not want to talk about killing joke, like at all. Like, you know, it was all, it was during the pandemic. So it was all, politics and socio okay you know stuff like and i think i aggravated him because i kept trying to steer it back to You're like i'd really love to talk about <laughs> kelly joke yeah he, no he was not having it but yeah he's 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 very very heroic dude what, what um what kind of music do you start getting into like when you're take me back to young michael bishop like what's the well what's, what's happening and are you listening to country like is it like hard rock or classic, well, I mean, now be classic rock like a lot of people uh from the south like i grew up in a uh, a church and my exposure to music was through the church um by and large like that's where they were reading music and and leading songs and doing stuff like that you grew up in richmond um, yeah, well, yes, yeah, south of there in Hopewell, okay. which is a small town. Um, and, you know, so then I got to be about 14 or 15. And I, I was just listening to sort of pop music. And then I just found punk rock, you know, and uh, went to a bookmobile. I remember I went to a bookmobile, like the mobile library. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and it was like a, like a tour bus, but with a bunch of books on it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And I would go and get, uh, I picked up this book that had guys with dreadlocks on it and it was red, yellow, and green. I just liked the cover. 
And on the inside of it, it was a book about reggae. There was the Sex Pistols and The Clash. And I just instantly was like, especially The Clash. I was, I just liked their clothes and liked, you know, the things they said. So I sort of sought them out and started listening to them. And, oh, so you read a book about punk rock? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> what do Sex Pistols have to do with reggae? <laughs> like, um, I don't, I I don't know, but they were. I mean, they maybe were, the punk it, aspect of it. Yeah, I think I think it's the uh uh you know just West Indian culture. I mean, that's actually what I kept trying to ask Jazz about. I was like, you know, because there's a lot of West Indian influence in their music. Um oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, but I mean early on, you know, that uh, they they're sounding like you know, it, because that they're living cheek to jowl with people from Jamaica, you know, in in London like Right, right. Uh and it really you can hear that on songs like Requiem uh and some other tunes like very, very reggae influenced, even though it's not reggae. Yeah. Um, but he, like I said, maybe you can ask him about that because he didn't answer. <laughs> well, let's, I, maybe he I was wasn't like, one of I, I guess I should prep that. Be like, I would like to talk about your band for a minute. So have to, but, have to go down that road if you want to jump on the podcast. Right. Yeah. It, it was. I mean. So, yeah, I mean, I, I listened to metal and I listened to punk and, uh, you know, but Guar definitely was a punk band when we started, um, yeah. a punk band making fun what, of what metal. metal. are you listening to? Like, what's the first metal band you. When I was young, the first metal band that I really liked was Judas Priest. Um, okay. Yeah, I really loved them. Uh, and I remember just sort of hanging out, burning candles in my friend's attic garage attic and like you know but i was also like i remember what, what I got, album what what era of priest is this this was the that album was rockarola oh um, geez okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but but they had yeah but they had already come out with uh, other stuff by that time um and i just sort of went through the catalog and listened to everything you know um and uh then i discovered i didn't really like metal as much until i discovered the live album right like you know, and then because my second big live albums, for some reason, in the metal, it sounded so dead on recordings. Like, you know, the drums were really dead. But then you listen to something like Live After Death or uh, um, Unleashed in the East. Yes, Unleashed like, in the East. Yeah. And it's like, wow. I mean, you can hear everything. You know, the drums are so live. And, and uh, you know, even though I'm sure there was a lot of studio magic involved, it's like they didn't. Apparently there was a lot of studio magic involved in that, which I later found out. I was just like, yeah, but but I, boy, I, I love it. So yeah, I know. Good. I fucking love that record. It yeah. literally crushes every studio recording of any of those songs. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I mean, blows it off the earth. Yeah, and wow. and and the Maiden one too. I mean, it's like I mean, even though that's Deano, like it's and I like Deano. Um, yeah, I love just, Deano. Yeah, it was so good. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, those were sort of my big influences as far as metal goes. And then obviously, you know, like I started liking Black Sabbath and Ozzy um, and uh, ACDC. I remember, but yeah, I mean, my punk phase, I remember getting beat up because some kid had written the VH for Van Halen on the bus ramp, like in chalk. And I took my foot and scratched it out, you know, and the kids. 
with my Devo shirt on. <laughs> You're a Devo over it. <laughs> it's so stupid. Did you ever get into the B-52s? I did, man. I mean, like, uh, but that was older, you know, like I didn't get into any of that stuff in the moment. Um, okay. I sort of came to it through punk rock. Yeah. You know, like eventually I, I got to this stuff and was like, well, this is good too, you know? Um, yeah. And I loved Devo. Love. <clears throat> I mean, Devo is first record's so fucking good. Oh yeah, I mean, and and they're a band with an idea, you know, like it's it's something that, and they stuck with it. Um, it's it was a huge influence on Guar, like uh, really Devo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Definitely. I mean, more so, I would say Devo and also the Tubes. A lot of people don't realize that, but we're into them. Um. The tubes are kind of like a, almost like a forgotten band in some way. Yeah. You know, like it's weird, it's weird that like in the, in the, you know, so many bands are talked about like, uh, like the stories told and and fucking overtold when it comes to some bands, you know, Mm -hmm. and like you almost never hear anybody, you know, tubes are from the Bay area. So I more familiar with them maybe than most. Right, you know, Fee Waybill and all the you know Quaalude and all that stuff, but like yeah. it just seems like you never hear people talk about the tubes. That's that's cool that you guys you know mentioned that. Yeah, well, I remember being in San Fran and Fee Waybill's uh, loft. We were wherever we were staying, um, and that was God. San Francisco was fun back then, man, and and we were in this up on this loft and fee wables on the roof you could see into his loft (laughs) oh okay (laughs) i remember sitting there looking it was like this leather couch with a woman with fishnet stockings on like just sort of kicking her feet and whoever that is that's fee wables wife you know do you you not do you not go over and say hi to him (laughs) like hey i'm no i mean we were we didn't because we were like well probably on acid but we were (laughs) It and being naked, San Francisco. Naked and on acid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we were just staring. Uh, we, we were just like up on top of this roof hanging out. And the guy was like, that's Fee Wable's house well, or Fee Wable's place. And we looked through the big skylight. <laughs> that's that's as close as I got to him. <laughs> but I would have loved to have talked to him. I, I, I think that was a, a really great band. I, uh, my wife and I, we have like a date night every Friday and Saturday night where we just drink and go in the garage and listen to music and talk and, you know, laugh and cry or whatever we do, you know, and we, but we always play music. And uh, the other day I put on, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, sometimes I, sometimes I got to go through Spotify to find what is going to, you know, get her in, you know, the mood to have a good time. Like sometimes she wants to listen to, you know, old school rap, or sometimes she wants to listen to very rarely she wants to listen to metal, but, uh, and then like she likes new wave, but some new wave she just fucking hates, you know. So like right. I gotta be very selective about what it so the other day I put on the B fifty twos first album, which I fucking love. And I loved it back then. Like I was a huge yeah. I was crazy about that first record. Mm-hmm. And uh and oh man, like it got the party started. Like she was immediately <laughs> up and dancing and like I was like, Oh <laughs> pay dirt, you know, like Yeah. Exactly. And I, God, I swear to God, like ever since that, that opening song on the first record is called Planet Claire. She came from mm-hmm. Planet Claire. Yeah, right. she came from, I cannot get that fucking song out of my head. I've had it for a week and a half now. Every day I wake up, I'll, dee, 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 
I'm like, fucking get out of my head, you fucking earworm. Jesus. Yeah. So fun. I mean, really catchy, dude. Yeah, I mean, they had, they had a lot of fun that band. Yeah. I would, I, I've never seen them live. I, and I sit, I was sitting there listening to Brock Lobster. I was like, Rock Lobster has got to be one of the most, it's got to be the perfect live song. Like, I bet you that song is fucking insanity live. Like it is just the breakdowns and the yeah. drop downs and the, and then the guitars comes out. I'm just like, people just like, it's just so perfectly written for a live show. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, have you ever seen them? Uh, I have not. I've not yeah. seen the B-52s. Our drummer, I remember our drummer went and he came back from the show and was like, that was the best show I've ever seen. You know, the, wow. the drummer was incredible. He, he just banged it out all night long. Oh, right. Yeah. What, um, what's coming up for Guar? Like you got the doc, when's the, do is the documentary have a release date or anything? I know I've seen, uh, I've kind of seen a, a preview. Yeah. There's, there's, there's still discussion. I, I don't want to say when it's coming out because they're, like they're talking about it still. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's around, it's in the fall, uh, right around the time we'll be touring. So it, it'll be out. Um, so the records dropping in fall. And the, and the documentary. Yeah. Documentaries dropping in fall tours yeah. happening in fall. Yeah. That's cool. So everything, everything's going. And, you know, right now we're, like I said, we're writing a show. Um, <clears throat> we're doing a lot of uh, video stuff right now for the uh for the album and uh like what do you mean video stuff like 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 making the videos oh right 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 that are gonna go come out with it and then um which for guar is always you know fun and, <laughs> and crazy uh so we'll be doing that and we're actually you know it, it, the comic is coming out or, or oh, it's actually cool. out right. um but i think you know when when the record gets released it's going to have sort of a a new hopefully it'll have a almost like a re-release the comic because it because they're tied together okay um and the the graphic novel is it it, it they're in it there's alt guar um so it's sort of guar in a different universe in the multiverse <laughs> okay. and uh and that guar is a country band so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah so i've been like you know thinking about I'm, I'm I'm working on some country tunes, like just to, to have. I think it would be funny to do an EP, um, okay, of uh, Guar doing some country songs. Like you know, I don't know what it's going to be like, but okay, yeah. But so it's been fun to mess yeah. around with it and think about it, though. You know, did you guys? Did someone? Uh, did you guys commit? Did you guys hire somebody to make the comic, or did they like kind of? they signed you or what, you know, cause it looked kind of like a record deal where. Yeah, it was company. Yeah. It, it was like that. There's a, a company. Um, I mean, Guar, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, through the years, like when we started, Guar really grew, grew out of underground comics. I mean, like everybody that all of the artists, the one thing they all had in common was that they all drew comics. Um, and uh, you know, it, it, it was just a thing. And over the years we would publish our own. And then we had a deal with the uh, last gasp and a deal with dark horse. Um, so we got some good comics deals. Um, and this one is just for a whole graphic novel with this company Z2. Like they did the anthrax book and Z2. Yeah. Z2 comics. Cool. Um, and you know, they, but what we did was we, we wrote it. Um, 
our guitar player wrote it. Um, our the Matt McGuire, who I was talking about earlier, one of the artists, he uh, drew most of it, did all the layouts, um, okay. and then we hired artists to sort of use his layouts and fill in with their own stuff. That it, it's it's really great. Uh, wow. Yeah, so it's a, a a big, massive work. Um, and That's killer. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun when it comes out. <laughs> That's but that is out already. Yeah, yeah, it is out. You're yeah. right. Um, yeah. I guess what I mean is when it's tied into the record. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Are you guys coming to? Uh, is it a U.S. tour? That's what the tour coming up is. Yeah, and then we have we're going to uh, to Europe briefly. Um, and uh, I think that might even be before. Yeah, that's well, that's in the summer. Oh, okay. New festivals. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Kick ass, man. Well, I'm excited for that for all that to come out, dude. I really think that yeah. I think it's going to blow people away. I really <laughs> I I do. So, I really, I really think so. What's the deal with the record? Talk about the record. Uh well, man. You know, it, it's with the same producer who did the last one, and. Uh, do you do you sing in character? Like, do you put your costume on to sing? <laughs> Everybody asks that. Um, we don't. I don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just, and we don't. People ask. They ask. They they wonder if we rehearse in costume. It's like, and we wear those things as little as we possibly can. For one thing, they smell terrible. You know. It's like, right. Right. Uh, I can only imagine. Yeah. So <laughs> you can't really wash them, right? Like, <laughs> You think just kind of rinse wash them off. with a hose, just a yeah, water. Yeah, hose, yeah. Still doesn't do any good. I mean, um, especially not if you wear them. I mean, we try to make them last, and because uh, they're expensive to make. So, uh, yeah, at this point, I've got two full costumes, and they both are ready to just be retired. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the album is. I love it. I mean, I'm very, I'm very happy with it. I think that it's, it's very ambitious and like a lot of Gore records, um, it's expansive. You know, there's a lot of styles on it. Um, the band doesn't really like, you know, we're not a band that has to sort of play music that's of a particular style or genre, you know, I mean, it's like, it's metal. That's sort of the, the, the general, uh, metal and punk. Um, But within that, it's not like the records, the records have never really sounded super similar one to the next. It got a little more like that when, uh, after violence has arrived and. Yeah. And, uh, you, you guys talk about that in the documentary, right? Where like, where you guys yeah. kind of went way uh, like we can do anything we want. And everybody was like, wait, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> not anything, not that. <laughs> you could do anything. <laughs> Yeah. So, so that was, uh, but, but still, I mean, like we're not, you know, it it doesn't, it's not a particular sound that we have to have like ACDC or something every record. Um, So this one has a lot of variety on it that actually I think is more like the records we did in the nineties in the early nineties. And partly that's because I'm, I'm playing bass on it. Um, So it's just got, you know, a different sound and it's, uh, and the songs are, there's, uh, more, uh, I think it's just, it's a little, maybe a little more punk, uh, 
uh, than than the last record. It's fun. I love cool. it. Cool, yeah. man. Is he, do we have a title yet, or <laughs> of the album? Have they, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my god! I, how can I not? Uh, New Dark Ages. That's what it's called. War New Dark Ages. Yeah, I only know that because we're coming out with a weed called New Dank Ages. Nice. <laughs> Nice. That's killer. Everybody's coming out with like all the bands are coming out with beers, right? You're coming out with weed. <laughs> oh, we got beer too. Yeah. Do you? Nice. Yeah. You got a gore beer? Yeah, man. What kind of, we, what kind we, of beer uh, is it? Uh, well, the, the new one that, uh, that was not announced yet. So I won't say the name, but that, uh, it's got a great name and that's, uh, it's like this. I mean, I don't drink anymore, but what I was told is that it's, sort of like a fruit based beer, but not sweet. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's, it's kind of like this, there's a kind of Japanese beer that uh, it's sort of modeled on, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. You guys do like stouts or port, you do stouts or porters or anything? Uh, we haven't done one of those. Okay. I know we did some ales. Um, there was an odorous ale and then we did uh, uh, a, a, just a guar regular sort of guar beer that had sort of a lager taste to it. But, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, did you quit drinking after you quit guar? <laughs> well, you know, I did, but really I quit drinking after I got my PhD because by the time I got off the road, I was drinking a little, too much already but boy being in school and all the pressure that's involved in that it really went through the roof that was where i started really? a lot wow. yeah like yeah in college yeah i mean uh you know because it's like you, you you have a lot of time when the only thing you're expected to do is sit down and write um and so i would sit down to write and i would have a 12 pack of beer and I'm trying to do two things at one time. I'm trying to have some fun, right? Even though I'm tied to this job of writing. So I would just sort of pound these beers. By the time I stood up, I was wasted. Wow. Um, and so it really sort of, that was way worse than than it had, than things had been for me when I was traveling and playing music, you know? Yeah, because um, you you're working, you're performing, like you're, yeah. you've got to, you know, you've got to load in, you got to load out, you got to, you know, right. probably, I mean, I would imagine like early days, you're probably not a lot. Of, I mean, like you're probably helping load the truck, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and you got to be um, really on um, and and play and be clear headed enough to have enough energy to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so it sort of accelerated for me at that point. And that's when I quit right around then. Like I just got towards the end of my PhD and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop this. <laughs> what? Why do you quit Guar the first time? Um, well, you know, I wanted to do another, to do more music, uh, or, or I had a band that I had put together that was doing music. Um, while you were still in Gore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was doing both and I was happy to do both. Um, but Dave sort of Brocky and I had a conflict where he, he didn't like that. I was, you know, once it was fine until like it actually came like scheduling became an issue, you know, it's like, and at that point it was like, no, you can't do this. 
And I was like, fuck you. you know? <laughs> I won't do this then, you know, and in retrospect, like I should have stuck it out probably like I could have done both. Um, but, you know, I was a drunk hothead. So, <laughs> so I said, and, and how old are you at this point? Like 24, yeah, like 24, 25. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, twenty twenty-five. Yeah, and then you come, you and then you don't come back. Are you mad? Do you just are you super mad when all this goes down? Like, are you just like fuck war? Like, well, I mean, there had been a lot of things. Like, there's a story that I tell in the uh, in the documentary about uh, when our guitar player got shot, and uh, Your we had got the, shot. Yeah, yeah, the guitar player for War. Um, we were doing a, maybe that, you know, this might be a different cut of the documentary. I don't know if they, but, um, you know, we were, we were recording and he got shot in the back when we, we pulled over to use the bathroom off of this road. Um, and when we did the, the guys, this car next to us did something called a bump and run robbery. Um, we get out to exchange insurance information and the guys pulled out guns. Holy shit. So we get in the car and drive away and they just start firing into the back of this station wagon. Oh, um, yeah. And they shot our guitar player, Pete Lee. Um, and when they did, uh, you know, I mean, he, he lived, but uh, it was very traumatic. Um, and you know that there's a sense of like, like when you're on the road a lot, there's a sense of rootlessness, you know, like, I mean, it's definitely for it able it's able to get inside your head and make you feel uh if you have a- anxiety make you very anxious and and not feel you know grounded or connected uh and that had been going on for me um a little bit in guar and then i think when pete got shot uh what i remember is that we had also we were going to do a video shoot the next day and so we had already rented all these lights and stuff and they were all set up in the studio. And uh, Dave was like, I mean, basically what happened was Pete got shot. Dave wasn't with us when he got shot. So he comes up with our manager to the hospital in D.C. and picks up me and Mike to go back and do this video shoot with the guitar player in the hospital. Right. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, like you know, this isn't something that you do. Right. Like. But that was there was an attitude in Guar at that time that it made me feel like like what I needed didn't really matter, you know, and uh, and being people didn't matter in a sense, um, and because uh, that 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 really sucked. I mean, I understand that we had the lights, right? But it's like <laughs> it sucked. Yeah. So. Uh, it seems a little cold. A, it seems yeah. a little cold. Yeah. 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 And and we had a pretty big falling out about it. Um, and that was actually sort of the moment that I quit was like very soon after that. Um, and we got over it. I mean, you know, we hung out many times after that, but uh, that was a, you know, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of the, it's easy to feel that way when you're in a band and things won't stop, you know, yeah. Like, if you, 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 I'm sure, you know, like sometimes it, the wheel just, it just keeps rolling and you start feeling like oh, you run over by it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, you know, I look back sometimes and 
I'm just like, I should have sent somebody home and let them just decompress and take a break. You know, yeah, like yeah. I, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I could have done something like Dave Brocky did. You know, like, <laughs> and I, I don't say that like I'm proud of it. I'm just saying I could have, because right. like, you just get yeah. in that fucking mindset. Like we have to go, we got to get, we just, this is what we're doing. This is, yeah. Yeah. this is in motion. Like we got to keep it in motion and yeah. You know, like, no, I mean, I, I mean, understand. We did, we did a fucking three year tour cycle. Like, dudes were falling apart. You know, like, oh we should have stopped. Like, we should have just stopped. Like, it was, yeah. you know, and, you know, we've, we've done some pretty, you know, unrelenting tour yeah. cycles, you know, nine yep. shows in a row, one day off, five shows in a row. You know, we're doing three hour shows. Like, it's fucking yeah. crazy. Like, it just breaks people. Right. Um, it break, broke me. You know, like, I'm falling <laughs> apart. Other people are falling apart. And, you just don't stop to even think about it. Like we just have to get to the end of this. That's we got, we have to go, we've got this to do. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, in retrospect, I don't think Dave, like when when he made the decision, I don't think he appreciated how traumatic it was for me and Mike, like, um, you know, the whole thing, I mean, there, it's a whole story and it's in the documentary. Yeah. Um, like where, where we're talking about, uh, you know, just, I mean, the, the, the place we were at where he got shot was really bad. Even the hospital, um, the guy who was in the bed with him in the hospital was chained to the bed because oh he, he, because he, he was also a gunshot guy, Jesus. but he was, you know, wanted by the police like, or like there were cops around for him. Holy shit. The whole thing was just extremely stressful. It was like, yeah, I mean, the, the hospital was basically in a war zone, um, so it was, it was very traumatic. Um, and, uh, like I said, I don't, and you were with think, him when he got shot. Yeah, we were, we were all there, um, in the car and the car got basically like they fire all these shots into the back of the car, the car careens. Well, Pete starts saying I'm shot. And the producer, one of our producers, like he jumps over and feels his chest and his chest was wet oh, and, it, and his hand was red. And so he, when he did that, he kicked the driver. The driver then runs into the median strip. And so we pull off in the same neighborhood oh, in fuck. DC where, where he had been shot. And I mean, it's like nobody is coming to the door, you know, like right. we're running around, like banging on the door, like our friend's been shot. Nobody's people just. This is before you know, cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody has cell phones. So, uh, basically finally we found this old man who he said, I'll call the cops, you know, basically he didn't come outside. I right. Right. Um, yeah. And he called the cops and then the cops show up. Cops <laughs> like, what you white city. boys doing in this neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. They show up in this unmarked sedan, like a four door sedan. And they're all uh, black guys wearing windbreakers which is exactly who shot pete was oh, a, a black guy wearing a windbreaker oh my god so and they all come out you know we didn't see that they have the badges around their necks you know, okay so they all like all four doors open and they just pile out with their guns like, <laughs> <We're> like wow <laughs> yeah, Running. Scary, right Fucking oh my scary. god like after just getting shot yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh we ran you know and of course i'm not i, I, I didn't run very far before they caught me, but, <laughs> but it was terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's scary, man. That's yeah. scary. Right. And so anyway, that, that 
whole moment happened. And then shortly after I left war. Yeah. Yeah. You make a point in saying that at some point, Dave, there's one point where you guys are on the Joan Rivers show and you're like, Dave wasn't a very sharing performer. <laughs> I think that's what your words were. He wasn't a very sharing performer. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I guess you guys had a, I mean, maybe you could tell the story, but you guys have a conversation about, okay, I'm going to say this and you're going to say that. And then, yeah. and then you get out there. <laughs> yeah. Not very generous. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he would, uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. We were on the plane and, you know, they gave us all the questions and we were totally stoked. It was the first time we'd been on a really big show like that. And uh, this is national television. Yeah. Yeah. And daytime, like, you know, so we, we went and really rehearsed what we were going to say, you know, to have it down. And then we get out there and he just started saying everything that we, that we had written down, like, uh, he wouldn't stop at the breaks, you know? Um, right. There's, a, there's one point where you're like hitting them. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm supposed to say that. Or he said, you can't even say that. And he would do stuff like that a lot. I mean, uh, he, Dave had a lot of creative energy and, and a lot going on in his head. And it's, it's fun, but I mean, like he definitely wasn't, that is one thing he wasn't good at was giving other people the room to, uh, you know, but I mean, people did that people, people were contributing to Guar. And I think that's kind of, like I said, I mean, one of the reasons that people were surprised when the band was able to go on because there were a lot of people coming up with those jokes or writing the songs that people thought uh, that he was responsible for, you know? Um, And I mean, he deserved to be in that position. I mean, because he, you know, there is, there are things about his level of performance that I I think are unmatched, you know, as far as heavy metal, you know, being a heavy metal front man. I mean, he was practically a comedian on stage, totally. like, totally. you know, and yeah. And, and, and a brilliant physical performer, um, such a good improviser, like, you know, I mean, just hilarious. Um, but then, you know, and we talk about that in the, in the documentary, like it had had a dark side, right. That he would, uh, you know, sort of drop into characters. I think Zach is talking about it. The guitar player, Zach, about how he, you know, one day he sees Dave and Dave is acting like Arnold Schwarzenegger from Terminator. And he's like, well, I wonder how long this will go on months that's how long it went on. Like he didn't, yeah. yeah, he didn't break character. He was the Terminator, you know, like, so <laughs> you're just like, that's wild. That's wild. I mean, that's fucking whacked out. <laughs> Nutty stuff. I mean, for everybody that's around and they're just like, okay, like <laughs> let's talk to Dave here. Like, what do you even say? Like, can I talk to Dave today is uh, <laughs> Mr. Schwarzenegger? <laughs> yeah. I think people just didn't talk to him. I mean, uh, yeah, he got, um, and, and Dave, like at the end of his life, I think he was, there was a, he was, you know, I mean, there was some substance abuse issues that yeah. uh, obviously, I mean, that's how, how he died. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah. So he got away from, from himself, you know, he wasn't himself for, uh, for a while. Um, but man, what a, 
hilarious and gentle guy. Like if you really, if you really knew him, you know, um, and, uh, his death was just an incredibly sad thing for everybody. It, I mean, in the, in the documentary, it's like, it's legitimately sad. Like I was getting welled up watching everybody, you know, it's fucking, you know, it's sad. It's a sad time. The one thing I was confused about, and you know, maybe you can clear this up for me. So they're, they're talking to the one guy and he was saying that they're, I guess maybe they were roommates and his room was split by a sheet or something. <laughs> Is that right? Did I? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So the guy, so he lived with him. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, but he doesn't want to, he knows that he's dead, but he doesn't want to pull back the sheet. Is that what he was saying? Um, yeah. Well, what it was, was he had like, there was a, a sheet over the door, you know? Okay. Like, um, so, uh, he didn't want to pull the sheet back and, and see him there. Um, they lived in the same place together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. No, that's tough. It is, man. You know, and then you got to think that the band also went through finding Corey dead on the tour bus, you know, um, right. like yeah. they play a show, they go, they try to go over the Canadian border. Um, everybody get up, give me your passport. And he wouldn't get up, you know, yeah. and that's how they found him. So and that was crazy. That was like a blood clot or something, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, he had, uh, just a lot of, uh, it was unexpected <laughs> for sure. Was it drugs or was it just some random health issue? Um, I think that it was a combination of the two, okay. um, like, like drugs that had an impact on a random health issue that he didn't know he had, you know? Gotcha. So, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, drugs were involved enough for it to be uh, a, a really worrying situation for the whole band. And and they, they start to go into Canada and obviously like, I mean, you know how they are about drugs there. So it's like, they still yeah. have to, <laughs> they still have to cross the border and the guy's like, what's up, you know? And then every time we would go to the border, they would, they remember that shit. And they're like, didn't you try to cross over here with <laughs> The dead guy, <laughs> yeah, that had been doing a lot of drugs. Ugh. Um, yeah, that's not good, yeah. But I mean, it was so that was that was very traumatic. And there again, dude, they stayed on tour after they, he died, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, they talk, yeah, right. Like it talks that they'd miss one show and then continue on tour, yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah, well, and, that kind of blew my mind. That was, just yeah, fucking, yeah. Is everything okay? Huh? Is everything okay? Is, um, my baby's there. And I'm, okay, right on. <laughs> she's waving at me. Right on. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, that was, it was so good. It was such a, I mean, what a crazy fucking life that Guar story is. Yeah. It really is just a, it's, I mean, even talking to you now, like you filled in a bunch of blanks that, you know, <laughs> I didn't even know about. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is a great, it's a good story. Um, and, uh, like I said, totally unique. There's nothing like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't in the band, but I remember when Corey died, like just being so upset for them that they wouldn't, that they wouldn't stop. You know, it's like, God, come on. Yeah. But then you talk to them and it makes sense. Like you can, you know, why they kept doing it actually sort of starts to make sense. Like, yeah. uh, Grieve together. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and they probably wouldn't have been able to do that if they had just gone home, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I, I can't judge. I don't know what I would have done in that situation. You yeah, know? yeah. Me either. You know, like it's, yeah. Who fucking knows, you know, like it's, that's a tough, <laughs> that's a tough choice, man. Like that's a really tough, yeah, you know, call to make, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I can't say enough good stuff about it, man. It's really well done. And I, like I said, I wish you the best <laughs> with everything. Well, thank you. The same to you, man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being on the show too, man. Hey, it's my pleasure. I really enjoyed our talk. It's a, Time flew. I had no idea. We've been talking a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 40 minutes here. Yeah, that was killer. Slick. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, right there, the mighty, the former mighty beefcake, That's beefcake right. the mighty, now the mighty Michael Bishop. <laughs> With Rob Flynn. All right.